What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Nittany Pod. I am AP, and of course, I have alongside me Alex, and this week we got TK back. Right on time, too. Boy, what is it a long day on Saturday. We got a lot to talk about. Let's get into it. What the fuck did we just watch? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you can really call that watching. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck happened. Um, obviously, really excited to to dive into it. Um, but it's been a baffling couple days for sure. Um, from obviously the game to the press conferences to honestly even our own fan base. So uh, I'm not real sure what we watched or what to think at this point. Yeah, I mean, it was, for all the hype and all the potential of what that game could have meant for James Franklin, for Sean Clifford, for the program as a whole, it resulted in the total opposite of all of it, right? Like, not only did you get beat, you got whooped. You got embarrassed. Um, you got dominated for four quarters, right? Like, somehow that game was close um, at halftime, but it wasn't on the field. We Hell all knew no. that, right? Oh, my gosh, no. Um, you know, three possessions that the defense comes up with a stop there in the first half. Otherwise, that game's not close at halftime. Um, it was just – it was – it was – and obviously we're going to dive into it way more, so I, I want to keep my rant, I guess, somewhat short. But it was – it was embarrassing. Um, as a fan, yeah. it, was yeah. a, it was a clown show. Yeah. It was – It was a fucking joke. Yeah, it was um, it's a joke. You know, Penn, Penn State had an opportunity there, right, on a national broadcast to kind of say, like, hey, like last few years have, yeah, last few years have kind of been, you know, a knockoff. We're not, we're not this mediocre team, and it just fell flat on its face. Every and part of that all, game was embarrassing. Every single part. Arms, I'll both say, arms and the process. I mean, it was just brutal. In regards to the broadcast and the national broadcast, I mean, if they could, if the announcers could just say that they want to sleep with Blake Quorum, I'd rather listen to that. Yeah, Blake the Great. I mean, Grant, shut the hell I mean, up. shut the fuck up. Well, I mean, <laughs> granted, I mean, granted, Penn State did nothing to to prove that he wasn't great. I right? don't care. I, it's it's, right. got, yeah. it's this yeah. is the second time we got dominated. But this is the second time we've heard them basically act like Penn State wasn't even playing. Like it, Purdue was the same well, way. They, they didn't uh, Saturday. I mean, Penn State like, basically fuck. didn't. Yeah, play. They, yeah, they they basically didn't. <laughs> now the Purdue the, the Purdue one, I can understand your your argument there, but and uh, now now we get fucking Walmart brand ESPN three. For the whiteout. <laughs> yeah. Man, I mean, bro, literally every single part of that game was embarrassing. You know, we, Alex and I talked last week about, you know, you, you got to do good on third down and you got to hold them on third down. They did the exact opposite of what we said. On offense, we were 4 of 12. And then on defense, we gave up 11 of 17. 
That is the exact opposite of what we said. That I mean, was absolutely horrendous. I mean, it's a Franklin master Franklin class. Special. Yep, master class. Just absolutely. Just you could just tell they had no idea what to do. They didn't None. know where to line up. They didn't know what was going on. This was a master class. If you look up James Franklin master class, this game will come up because. There is just some things that don't make sense on a peewee football level. Not like not to mention you knew you uh, knew I, from the first freaking snap that this game was going to be bad because Joey Porter Jr. had that stupid, stupid fifteen-yard penalty. And there were some people in our group chat saying, "Oh, you know, you so you can't hear the whistle sometimes." Or no, I saw that somewhere else. But it's like, dude, come on, bro. I don't want to hear that. Like you, no, you I mean, know, the, the fan base. Stop. And I don't want to. I don't want to just rip on our own fan base here, but. But I mean, I, I mean this fan this fan base has come up with every excuse in the book the last two days as to why it's not Franklin's fault and why Sean Clifford should continue to start for Penn State. It's this a game, joke. This game is not Sean's fault, and I'll preface that now, right in the beginning of the episode. That I'm not saying this game Sean's fault. I have no intention of portraying it that way. But at some point, there needs to come a time where okay, we did it. We're five and one. He lost the. He didn't lose the game, but they lost. So you're you're. Anyone who had the unrealistic dream of going to the playoff and winning the conference, that's done. It's over. Don't tell me it's 2016. I don't give a fuck about that. It's not 2016. People don't even want to go to the biggest game of the year in Penn State this weekend. Don't tell me that. You know, I want to, I want to, we can, we can talk about players specifically and, and obviously neither side of the ball executed, executed the way they needed to, but once again, you come off of a bye week, and you look like that. It's disgusting. Again. It's, it's, it's insulting. It's two awful. weeks. You had two weeks to prepare for Michigan, and you knew what they were going to try and do, right? We all knew what they were going to try and do. They were going to run the football, and we all knew it. I'm sure that staff com- knew it. I, they had to know it, right? But you were completely – completely out schemed out coached and then by the grace of god and the football gods you were down two points at the half because and you couldn't scheme up nothing because of a sean clifford run and a, a, a ball that deflected off of pj mustafer's helmet that allowed curtis jacobs to run it back for a pick six and you come out in the third quarter and nothing changed Nothing looked different. The defense was still getting out gap. The defense was still the football field. And the offense continues to be this anemic machine of Mike Yersich. The it, offense it, the offense is embarrassing. Anemic. I've been and, and saying bro, it for anemic, three weeks. Anemic is, anemic is mincing it. I've been, I've been saying it for three weeks. This, this offense is embarrassing. It's, it's, it's awful to watch. Schematically, it doesn't make sense. You can tell that people <laughs> on different, are on different – different fucking planets when they're doing these games and planning for these games. It, it makes no sense. I mean, it's, just it's look at third, that drive to start the second half. It's third and four. We run a deep crossing combo route. The route tree is all sorts of fucked up. We throw a sideline corner to Parker Washington, and it's a good throw. It's a good throw by Sean, 100%. Goes right through his hands as he's diving for the ball. But it's third and four. We don't need that. We don't need it. At all. 
Like we can't even we can't even throw a bubble screen right now. We can't do anything. We have no clue. Yersich has no clue. And Clifford has no clue what's going on. No one. No one has any idea what's happening out there. <laughs> yeah, I, I mentioned that drive to open up the second half. You get a 48-yard bomb to Harrison Wallace. All right, cool. You figure, all right, let's start working. Go to, go hurry up, and then you throw a fucking fade the next play. RPO like, bubble screen fade. Come like, on, man. Like, what are we doing? Bro, and then, you know what? I'm going to do it. I don't give a shit, honestly. Honestly, I don't give a fuck if anyone says anything to me in my mentions about this. You guys in my in my mentions talking about give Yersich a chance. He needs more time. It's not Cliff's fault. You're so quick to defend these people. You're so quick to defend Clifford when no one said it was his fault. But what I can tell you is that for some reason, when we were down 20 fucking points and the game was over, and a true freshman quarterback who's never played in the big house on the road came in, it's like the playbook opened up. And you and you you match that with a reporter's comments that Yersich said he wants to take the training wheels off. Is he taking is he talking about Sean Clifford, a 27-year-old, or is he talking about an 18-year-old? <laughs> Which one? And you're like, oh, we can't have Drew start right now. It's too much pressure. There he there's a potential for injury. So you're telling me. What that says to me in the latest mention I got today is you told me that you would worry about the offensive production struggling under Aller right now instead of it being under Sean. And my question to you, anyone who thinks that, is what the fuck are they doing right now as a 5-1 and one football team that looks like one of the worst offenses in the fucking country the last three weeks? That this 18-year-old couldn't come in and do. You tell me that. Please. Anyone. Well, yeah. That's I a mean, good way to put it. It's, uh, you know, you're dead. You're dead on, right? It like, makes no sense. You're to, it's to the point. Like, I don't know. I don't know if we want to give Sean a victory lap or, no. or, or what exactly some people want. But... It's to the point now where, like, you need to make a change. And I've mentioned this before to, to other people and in spaces. In today's game, you, you have to be able to score points. And Penn State isn't scoring points. Like, the offense is not good enough right now, period. And, 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 and we, can, we can go beyond just a quarterback change, right? Like, I don't think you're getting enough out of your out of your wide receivers. I don't think you're getting enough out of your tight ends. And um, as much as we've we've talked about the two freshman running back and right running backs and rightfully so, against Big Ten teams, they've been pretty average, yep. if not a little below average. Right? Like they haven't. Yeah. You know, I, I think their yards per carry are only three point some odd per game against Big Ten opponents. Um, and. and and I get it, they're freshmen, and you know we're going to have those things with, with freshmen. But the offense as a whole is simply not good enough. And, and if you can't score points, you're, you're screwed. You're done in today's college game. We just watched Alabama give up almost 50 to Tennessee. When is the last time you saw Alabama give up, 
give up 50 points. <laughs> and it's pretty it's, wild for sure. It's crazy because, you, you know, Alex said it so perfectly the other day. Anyone who is under the impression that this kid, that they want to shelter this kid so he doesn't come in the game and fail. If you are worried about this kid coming into a game and failing and it hurting his confidence because he failed, then he is not going to be the person that th- this fan base, any, every recruiting site, anyone who's watched him play has built him up to be. If you are concerned 100% about that, correct. Alex, that is 100% accurate. If you are concerned yeah. about that, then he is not who you are building him up to be. Correct. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's fairly simple, right? And and the people that that are saying, "Well, wait until we get past Ohio State." Well, why? It, yeah, you know, if if Sean if Sean would, and I'm not saying Penn State's going to do this, but if Penn State would come out and lose to Minnesota, now you already have your two losses, and and you're, and I certainly don't want Drew's first start to be against Ohio State. Although at that point, I don't think it would matter. Um, but but if but if you're looking for an opportunity to put him in an environment that's going to be as comfortable as it possibly could be, Saturday is that time, right? Um, it's, a, it's an average Minnesota defense. They're not great. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's still a Big Ten defense, but, you know, you're going to have 107,000 people there dressed in white. Well, maybe not 107,000. Who knows? Mm. Um, dressed <laughs> in white, and it, it's going to be a comfortable environment for him to work in uh, to, to work that offense, right? If, if, if you wait until after Ohio State, now we're going to – his first start's going to be on the road at Indiana, right, against the Tom Allen defense, although I hate Tom Allen, um, is, is, a, is a very uh, – what's the word for? Well, and schematically difficult uh, defense, right, and, and difficult defense to read for, for a kid that – hasn't seen a lot of defenses, right? He'll show man, he'll drop in zone, he'll show zone, he'll, he'll be in man, right? So I don't know if that's the best time to do it either. And the fact of the matter is, there probably isn't a best time. You're just going to have to do it. Like James Franklin needs to grow a set of balls and do it. And, well, and all indications point to that's not going to happen by what he said in his press conference today. Yeah, and before we get to that, I want to say, I mean, these people say, you know, don't throw Drew in there against Ohio State. It'll hurt his confidence. But they fail to realize how accurate – Tyler, you mentioned it earlier. The playbook opens up when he is on the field. Makes no sense. So if that's the case, and your stitch is really holding back some of the playbook from Sean Clifford, which is just wild to think. If that's the case – wouldn't you think there could be some sort of spark there in play against a team like Ohio State who should, who doesn't really know what to expect out of Aller because we've only seen him throw 20-something passes? Like, and obviously, this is it's not going to happen because, you know, as Alex mentioned, too, we're going to get to the postgame uh, remarks after this. Um, but, I mean, come on. Yeah, you know. And it's, I, it's right there in front of you. And I really don't appreciate um, – you know, while we're on the James Franklin topic here, um, I don't appreciate him looking like um, a fucking pussy either in the tunnel. Oh, uh, yeah. The Michigan Thank you. Shit. That, I wanted to get to that. I, I too. don't I, I don't appreciate him acting like a fucking pussy. Like with all due respect, bud, like 
your team clearly isn't ready to play, and you really got abused in that first half, even though the score didn't throw it. So why don't you just get everyone in the locker room and tell them to sit down and shut the fuck up? That whole thing was absolutely embarrassing, dude. We're getting bitched out in the first half. I don't care what the score was, dude. We were getting hoed. And then you freaking throw a peanut butter and jelly sandwich at somebody and start a fight and make and make James, you know, exactly look like a fucking pussy. Man, bro, that was so embarrassing. Embarrassing. Oh, and lastly, before we move on here, um, my favorite, I'm sorry, I'm going through them. Um, The kid who or the man who mentioned um, risk injury um, to me. Uh, you don't want to play LR uh, in this game because there's potential risk for injury. Um, I just would like for you to know two things. Firstly, actually three things. Number one, <laughs> that's the softest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Secondly, we had a player get hurt during warmups at the big house. At, during warmups. Thirdly, if your response to not play an 18-year-old kid in a football game is because you think there's a risk for injury during a football game. I think you need to find another sport to watch. Yeah. That was the softest thing I've ever read (laughs) in my life. Man, that's... The softest. Absolutely goofy. And I hope you listen to this and you can at me again and I'll gladly tell you again that is the softest shit I've ever heard in my life. Need to touch grass. Yeah, it, it just all goes back to, you know, when, and, and we've, we've asked this question before, how, how at this point in the season, right, if you're undefeated right now, this, this is a completely different conversation and one we're not having. But since you're not, I don't think anybody – especially with how you performed in Ann Arbor. And I'm sorry for the Penn State fans that are listening to this. You have no shot at beating Ohio State. Fuck no. I don't care. (laughs) Absolutely not. Fuck no. I don't care that it's at home. Um, If you actually think we have a shot, you just haven't watched Ohio State play. Um, Their offense might be better than it's ever been because they can run the football too. Um and then that defense is better than it's been in years past as well. So no shot at all. And, and, and what, okay. So if you have no shot to beat Ohio state, which is your, basically your biggest game remaining, then, then why, why do you, what, what do you need to see more out of from Sean? Like, do we really think Sean increases our chances of beating Ohio state tenfold? Right. Compared to Drew. No, oh. he doesn't. He doesn't. Right. Like he does not increase our chances enough to say, yes, Sean Clifford should be the starter against Ohio State. I think your chances are just the same with Drew or Sean. So what does it matter? Yeah, I, I don't I, I don't know. It, it's so funny because the fan base is just so up in arms. It's like. Oh, you don't want to hurt his feelings. Oh, he deserves a victory lap. Oh, well, he gives us the best chance to win. And I'm just like, man, aren't you so tired of this, though? Aren't you so tired of playing this loyalty game over and over and over? He does nothing. 
nothing better than 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 what Drew would do. And the people that say you haven't seen Drew Lar play, yeah, exactly. That's where we're at. Right. That's the point. Yeah. That's where we're at, bud. Who gives a fuck if he comes <laughs> out and he sucks it up all over the place? At least then you can say he's 18 and he's growing pains. This is a sixth-year quarterback. Well, here's the other thing that I think people need to, to think about when they're thinking about this situation. And I think it's safe to say that 90% of the fan base is fully on board with starting Drew. But for the 10% that's not, think about this for a minute. Two years, Yursich has been here. Um, second year for Sean, right? It ain't working. It, you know, this offense looks the same as it did. And, and now we're starting to see the offense regress these last two games. And, yeah, we chalked that one Western up to the weather and whatever. But the fact of the matter is Sean completed like 38% of his, you know, less than 40 since the last two games. So you're getting the regression from Sean. He's falling back to the mean of, of what Sean is, actually below the mean. So, um, but, but Mike came here and physically went out and recruited Drew Alar firsthand and brought him to Penn State. So this is, in my mind, Yursich's guy, right? And if you're under year two with Sean and it still ain't working and you got a kid that is the guy that your offensive coordinator wanted and went out and got him, and is probably a huge reason why Drew's here, why why not try it? You have nothing to lose now, right? Like, your season's gone um, in a lot of ways, depending on what your hope was. Like, like yeah, I understand 10 and 2 is possible, but at this point, you just got dominated and embarrassed by Michigan. You can go 8 and 4 uh, if you ask me, if it means yeah. Drew Allar plays the rest of the season, like I, I would be okay game, with that. I said after the game, uh, the way we looked on the field there, that's a that's a nine and four team at best. So we'll see what the rest of the season brings. Yeah, obviously ten and two is obviously still on the table, and we have the talent to get there. It's just they did not look anything. Like a ten and two team on I Saturday. Everyone, to stop circling some of these games as automatic wins. I yeah. encourage you to stop looking at Indiana, Maryland, Michigan State, and Rutgers as guaranteed wins. And that's a shame. Those offenses that you're watching on those teams that you make fun of on a weekly basis and you clown them for shit, we are no better. We are no fucking better, my guy. Yeah, I mean your your offense is so anemic and 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 we can talk about the defense a little bit too because I think there should be some changes there. But your offense is so blah that that I I don't understand how this entire staff really thinks that a change of some sort um you know shouldn't happen. Um like 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 Franklin said today earned the right to play. Oh. God, what what does that mean? Earned the right to play, right? Does that he's mean the stripes, bro? Well, does that mean and he's a leader and he's a good off the field guy? Which all of those things, from all accounts, are true about Sean Clifford. But in the same breath, 
you know, it, it, it's, it's not, it's not translating to uh, good performances on Saturday. So, okay. And he says this about a lot of guys, right? Like Caden Wallace has earned the right to play. Well, mm. James, James, he, he's not performing well at right tackle on a Saturday. So yeah, he might have earned the right to play. I'm sure there's lots of kids in that program who were walk-ons um, probably earn the right to play, right? Because they practice hard. They go to class and have good grades, yada, yada, yada. Um, right. But, they're, but, but if the result and the performances aren't there on a Saturday, I don't care if they earned the right to play. See, to me, um, that's not even earning the right to play right there. You, I mean, you if know, you suck on the field, you don't earn the right to play. What the hell you, are we talking about? But, but I, I just feel like it's not performance-based is what I'm saying when he says that, right? Like, if we continue to say he earned the right to play, well, okay, so the fact that Sean has looked pretty horrible the last uh, two weeks awful, doesn't matter, right? Or, or we could go the last three weeks, right? I mean, there was spins in that Central Michigan game. He didn't look good. Um, so it's, it's weird to me and I don't, I don't want to try and get into James Franklin's head because I don't think anybody can. There's nothing Um, up there. But, but like, what, what exactly do you mean when you say earn the right to play? Yeah. Um, Because yeah, you mentioned the last two weeks, the last two weeks he's combined 17 for 39 with 260 yards passing, one touchdown and one interception, which was a dreadful interception. And that's a mid one game, let alone two. Like, come on. I mean, I I'm, just, I, I honestly struggle to, uh, like, as as dumb as it sounds, I struggle to find words to to understand and explain how furious I am at watching this team play, and. It sucks. I love Penn State. I, I I wait for game day all week. I look up I look on the boards. I'm reading articles. I'm reading articles about the other team. I do it all week long, just like a bunch of other Penn State fans. And then on Saturday, you know you're just gonna watch an inept offense and what now you can call a defense that I don't even know I don't know what they were doing. I, I don't know and I don't know if this is James having more say in the coordinators, like that snippet from that article, or like having more of a say. But I, I don't understand how you don't load the box and play press man across the board. We're going two safety high on third and two. I, I don't understand. I, I don't. I don't. It makes understand. absolutely no sense. I don't know how we got here. I, I don't. The line. The linebackers on Saturday got really exposed. Oh, right. Like, yeah, we had a John, were, John Sutherland special there for you, Tyler. They, oh. Well, and not just John. I, they were all exposed uh, in a lot yeah. of ways, getting getting outgapped, um, over-pursuing, uh, th- those type of things. And and to me, especially with – obviously, Michigan had success from, from the beginning of that game running the football, right? To me – that falls like Manny Diaz has, has a little bit to answer for, in my opinion, for coming out in that second half and basically showing me a guy, you know, I'm not the best X's and O's guy, but showing me no change. Yeah. Nothing. 
got worse in the second half. I mean, they absolutely got destroyed in the second half. Well, I mean, mm. they were gonna. I mean, they defended fifty snaps in the first half. That I mean, yeah. that was another problem, yeah. and that's just not playing complimentary football. Speaking of the defense, after the game, Audrey Snyder, shout out to her, works for the Athletic, fantastic writer. She asked James, "Why do you think the trenches have been the theme of the problem for the past few years?" Fuck me. James Franklin's answer to this: We got to develop. We got to recruit. We got to get bigger. James, you're one, the one thing you are known for to be good at as a head coach is recruiting. What the fuck are you doing sitting here telling me we got to recruit better? That is your fucking job. You are in the Big Ten. You cannot go out there with one defensive tackle over 300 pounds. Cut the shit. I thought her article where she said, well, James, essentially said, well, James, if this is how you feel, you've been here nine years. If this is something you've noticed, then why don't you fix it? Hmm. And yeah, I mean, it's I spot on. Like, but that's that's James Franklin, though. It's I don't know if I've ever heard James Franklin out of all the abysmal losses we've seen during the Franklin era. I don't know if I've ever heard him say, yeah, this is on me. No, he hasn't. I don't no. think ever no. I've heard him say that. Ever. Here's here's my problem, and you two have heard this before. Yes. It's been four years since the Great to Elite speech. We got that speech after 2018. Oh, fuck. OSU. And... As all three of us know, and anybody that's listening, we're no closer to elite than we were then. We're probably farther we're, away from yeah, elite. Yeah, we're farther away, back. for sure. But, but, you come out after being embarrassed, and you say you need to recruit better, develop better, and get bigger. Four years removed from that speech. So, what, what have you done in those four years. Now, I will give Franklin credit. How he managed to bring this 2022 class in after the two years that uh, preceded yeah. that class is unbelievable. No clue how he got it done, but he got it done, right? Yeah. And there's a shit ton of talent in that class. And there's a shit ton of talent in this 2023 class coming. <clears throat> but to Aaron's point, to Audrey's point, you know, it, it that's – that's you're moving the goalpost again, right? Like, hey James, you got embarrassed, you got out coached, probably. What's the problem? Well, we need to recruit better, develop better, and get bigger. What? What? Right? Like we. By the already, way, that's a slap in the face to your to the current players on the team. We've heard all the other ones, right? About we need to invest more in facilities. It's about competing 364 days a year. Uh, we've heard all that. And to my knowledge, the board and, and the university have really said, yeah, sure, we buy into this. Here's some money. Go build a new weight room. I know the whole dorm thing is still an issue. But Penn State largely has said, yes, James, we're behind you. Oh, and here's a 10-year contract for $80 million guaranteed. <laughs> right? That's and, your, that's and your favorite still, thing in the world, Alex. And we still get, we still get this – 
moving the goalpost crap. I mean, um, we, we haven't even we haven't even said, in my opinion, just the most disgusting part of that interview. The most disgusting thing to me, because it's just such a smart little comment with no fucking context, nothing. They asked him about the bye week and they asked him about the differences in this week, this past week, obviously in previous years and all that motherfucker could muster up to say was, yeah, I thought we'd play better (laughs) after what all of us just watched, just purely dominated for four quarters. All you can say is I thought we'd play better. And, and again, it's not, I thought we'd play better and it's on me. I didn't have them prepared. It's not, I thought we'd play better. We had a good game plan. We had a good week of practice. We just failed to execute. It's just, I thought we'd play better. Another wasted Saturday. I, I don't understand how anyone in this fan base can sit there and defend him till they're blue in the face. And currently, we are gearing up for the most exciting game of the year on a yearly basis on a Penn State calendar. And I would I would bet that there are, honestly, <laughs> tens of thousands, because the stadium's so fucking big, that are saying to themselves, do I really want to travel there this weekend? Do I really yeah. want to go? Well, I mean, if I'm going to be completely honest and just, you know, open it all up, you know, I've thought about it. I have season tickets. Um, you know, I Phillies are in the NLCS. They have a home game on Saturday. Uh, kind of thought about selling my – probably couldn't get as much as I could before, you know, the Michigan game, but thought about selling my tickets and using that money to go watch the Phillies play. But – but yeah, it's it's very it's very disheartening and and I think this is probably the least excited I've ever felt the fans were for a whiteout in yeah. in a long long time. Um, you know, even last year with Auburn coming like fans were excited for the whiteout. Um, and this is just there's no excitement and I think it's a lot of I think it's a lot of an us included, right? We're just holding our collective breaths because we know and we've watched it. We know what could come. Yep. We know what could come. We could lose Saturday and then we lose the next Saturday. And now you're at three loss and who knows what happens from there, right? Like this game here is probably. Yeah. It's this probably, is actually a massive game. It's probably one of the most important games for James Franklin in his tenure to win. Like, he has to win this game. Oh, no. He for cannot sure. lose it. I mean, the fans are done. Yeah. If, if he loses it, it's a, the fans are done. The, they'll boo him every, every weekend. It, there's, there's, yeah. no, there's no um, coming back from that. Because, you know, the comments, the lack of transparency, the lack of information he gives out in these interviews, it, if he doesn't win – and it's it's two it's two of the same, right? So if he goes on the road and loses after a bye week, and also lost to a top ten team, so that's two of his bumper stickers. The third one is him 
the game after the first loss of the year, he loses. If he hits all three of those again, the fan base will be completely done with him. I don't care how much of a homer you are for Franklin. I don't care how much out. I don't care how much you back him. I don't care how many excuses you make up for him, even though you look like a soft piece of shit doing it. <laughs> you there is no way you can defend him after that. There is no way. And you will see fans that have been in mentions saying, give him a chance. He's bringing in elite talent, things like that. They will turn on him if he loses this game. All right, guys. I want to get into some of the Twitter questions we got today. We reached out to some people on Twitter. or We reached out and some people reached back out out to us and uh, gave us some questions. So why don't we get into them? Uh, the first one was from Mark Breer. He said, Tyler, you're going to love this one. Okay. Rate the effectiveness of Mike Yersich as the OC. Do you think he is the man for the job? Wow, this is a great question, Mark. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I can, I can give you a couple different answers here. Um, so, obviously, rating him, I'm giving him a fucking F. That's for sure. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't really understand how I could – put any extra credit on his fucking resume at Penn State to give him a D either. Um, so I'm giving him an F. He got a lot. He got Aller, bro. I don't care. He has an F. <laughs> so do I think he's the man for the job? So an interesting comment to what was brought up this week was Franklin said that his scheme has changed m- many times over the years, right? And it's, it's, it's not the same it was back when he was at some of the more predominant places where he was very successful. So my question is, why is he here then? Like, if we're not bringing him in for the scheme he used to run, which was hyper successful, which is the same as Penn State, really, why is he here, for one? And two, I think, even myself included, even though I, I just love watching him just completely call abysmal plays, I think next year is the year that you really judge him because he'll have Drew – He'll have some of the talent that he that he wanted that he brought in, and that'll be a good time to judge him. I think next year is the year that he has to prove it, and if he doesn't prove it, he'll be gone. Yeah, Alex, what are you doing? Yeah, it's it's just uh, well, I am at work, so I was trying to see if I could (laughs) roll up some bags without you know hearing it, but obviously you could. So sorry about that. Um, (laughs) but no, uh. Yeah, I I would kind of, I would kind of just go off what Tyler said there. I I think you judge him a lot based off of next year, because I really think, and I don't know why this is, but I really think he's holding back, and and that just sounds so weird to say. It's a yeah, it it is disgusting. It's it is disgusting to say because you have a fourth year guy that's now played in forty career games at Penn State, and 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 I don't I don't want to put full blame on Sean, but I I really think you're he's hindering this. He's not allowing. Yeah, I have that offense, odd feeling too. He, he's not allowing the offense to grow and become more dynamic, or because Sean is only he can only do so much. Um, his pocket presence for a fourth year starter is horrible. 
I mean, it's it's horrible. Yeah. Even when that even when that O line gives him a clean pocket, you know, he's he has happy feet. He's thrown off his back foot. He's leaving the pocket too early when he doesn't need to leave the pocket. Um, and and yeah, I know he's he's been hit a ton in his career. I get all that, but but man, like it's this offense is just so bad. It's just so boring. Um, you know, I watch. I'm an Eagles fan. Aaron's an Eagles fan. Tyler is not. But anyway, so I watched the Eagles. <laughs> I watched the Eagles on Sunday night play Dallas, right? Yeah, that's why my now, voice is gone. I was at the game. Now, I know they're professionals, and it's not fair to compare a professional run offense to a college offense, but I'm going to. That offense does such a good job of knowing what its strengths are and playing to those strengths it's allowed them to have a lot of success, right? I think we would all agree with that who've watched Philly play. Yeah. Penn State right now does a horrible, horrible job at playing to their players' strengths. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. Let me ask you all a question. What is what is uh, Parker Washington good at? Hmm. You can ask yourself this question for any player. What are they good at? And does our offense do a good job of putting them in those situations? I'll tell and you for, what it should be. And for most of them, you would say, no, our offense doesn't do a good job of putting them in those situations. I'll tell you what he should be. He needs to be the guy that you run the bubble screens with. He needs to be the guy that runs the short yardage routes, the possession receiver, the stick receiver. He should not be running these deep these deep corners, any go routes, none of that shit. You need to get him the ball quick, get him in open space, and watch him make a man miss. Right. We just do a very bad job of putting – and we have skill position players. Nobody would deny that, right? There, there is There is talent surrounding this offense. Correct. But we do have we, – we are doing – and Mike is part – Mike is to blame for this. We are doing a piss-poor job of – putting our skill position people in a position to be successful. Horrible. And I don't know if it's route combo. I don't know if it's design. Um, I don't know what it is. I thought Bobby M brought up great points in the space. You know, you know, we, we don't use motion a ton. We don't, you know, we don't bring a jet sweep to, to distract linebacker. Like there's just, there's just nothing. There's no, it's not dynamic at all. It's just, yep, here we go. Yeah, I uh, let's move on to another question we got. We got from Kyle Steven. He asked, looks like Clifford is going to start this week. How short do you think his leash is, if there even is one at all? There is not a leash. Correct. I agree. There is no leash. If there was one, <laughs> I, I can tell you right now, I would have already pulled it. Yeah, there shouldn't be there shouldn't be a leash. Uh, yeah, it should already be. It should already be gone. Like his leash is, his leash is gone. Um, you know, and, and and if, and we talked about this for the Michigan game. You know, well, what if Sean's losing at halftime? If he is losing at halftime to Minnesota, he shouldn't play the second half. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, but that's yeah. that's just not going to happen, though. There should be. There should be no. Hey, it should be done. That's the way it should be. Yeah, let's move on to uh, Cody Smeltz. 
He asks, how concerned are you with Minnesota's rushing attack? We seem to be reluctant to stack the box at Michigan. And Minnesota comes in averaging 230 yards a game. I'm going to tell you, Cody, and I appreciate Cody. He's been pretty interactive on, on socials. But um, I have two yeah. that can tell you my, how I feel about this. Very concerned. <laughs> I am very concerned. Yeah. Well, and I'll, and I'll add to that because I'm also concerned. It's Mo is a great running back, number one. And that offensive line, the last I checked, I have not looked at their numbers, but the last I knew, that offensive line is huge. Yeah, there's some they're hog big. mollies up front, that's for sure. They're, they're big, right? And as Am we now know, as we now know, uh, we're not big enough, I guess, on the defensive line. So, yeah, super concerned. I would hope Manny uh, looks at that tape and corrects the issues that the linebackers had with getting out gapped Um, because one thing I did agree with James on, it's a copycat league and you know, Minnesota is going to watch that tape of what of what Michigan did and we'll try and run similar concepts. Yep. And, and we're, we're just going to have to hope that our gap, our gap defense is way better than it was on Saturday. I think they broke I think they broke a lot of tendencies. Michigan did. I think and you know, obviously it sucked in the moment, but for a game like Minnesota, you know, it gives them something else to prepare for. Um but I think Michigan broke a lot of tendencies in that game and I think that's why they gave us a lot of problems with us not being able to adjust because we just weren't ready for it. And to me I think that's a little bit more embarrassing, just obviously not being <laughs> prepared again. Um, but they'll have plenty of stuff to watch for Minnesota. So if they come out here and lay an egg against Minnesota after that, then there's a real, real problem going on. But when you yeah. re- when you rewatch that game, right? And I don't know if this is just because the linebackers, in my opinion, don't really have a general in the middle of that linebacking core at the moment. Um, there is no Jason Kabinda. There is no Parsons. There is no, you know, Jan Johnson in the middle of that defense. That's that's really the general. Like I would say, the general of that defense is probably PJ or, or Tig, right? Yeah. Um, and and to watch that again and see similar formations, just to different sides of the field, exact same formation that just flip them, right? Mm-hmm. And run the same exact type of running play, and you still have the same issues. Like that's. That's disheartening. Like, I understand it's hard to adjust on the fly like that. But for a guy of Manny Diaz's experience, you would think he would be able to, to, to see, notice, and, and put his kids in a position to, to make those plays. And he just did a, he did, he did a terrible job of, of making sure we were prepared for that. Horrible. Yep. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to one more question, and then we'll get into Minnesota. Um, and I was—I mean, it's not really one we're gonna have, we're gonna have much of an answer for. <laughs> we'll kind of get we'll kind of get into it into the Minnesota outlook as well. But um, Aaron Rife asks, "Is there any word on Tanner Morgan playing on Saturday?" Here's Buddy, what I, I have no idea. Here's what I want to say to you, and to anyone else who asks a question about Tanner Morgan. If you are basing your prediction on 
Tanner Morgan playing for Minnesota or not, then just go ahead and say that you think Penn State's going to lose because because Tanner Morgan playing or not playing is not going to determine if Minnesota wins or loses that game. So just go ahead and if if you are basing it off him playing, then you don't think they're going to win. Yeah, you don't. yeah, I would agree. I would agree with with Tyler there. I, I think the key, and I don't want to jump ahead, but the key to this game obviously is is to control Mo, and we talked about that with with Michigan too. You needed to control Blake, and they obviously didn't. But that's the key again. And and yeah, I don't know if if Tanner's going to play. We're we're probably not going to know that until Saturday if if Fleck um, deals with injuries like. Franklin does. Mm-hmm. I mean, we still don't know if Lan- we don't we still don't know if Landon's going to be back this week, and he injured himself in warmups. Uh, you know, I wouldn't think that's a, a long term injury, but maybe it is. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. So let's get into the Minnesota game. They're coming in off of losing back to back games. They lost to Purdue and Illinois. Purdue, we already know about them. Illinois kind of beat the crap out of them. They put up a lot of yards on them. They ran like crazy against them. Had a lot of running back success against them. Right now, we're we're a five point favorite. The numbers, the stats for you stat nerds out there, Minnesota is averaging more points per game, more yards per game, giving up less points a game and less yards a game. So once again, we're in a game. The stats do not favor us. Um. But, yeah, let's get into it, man. What do you guys think about this game? Because this is going to be very similar to Michigan. They are going to run the ball. So, <laughs> I am very nervous. Yeah, I I don't really want to – I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty of the game. I think it's really as simple as you have to stop the run. Um, I don't really know – and it sucks to say. I, I don't know how Penn State's going to score. You know, hopefully they score. Um, uh, I think – Maybe 24-17, maybe Penn State wins, or 24-20 or 23-20. I think it's going to be a stressful game. I, unfortunately, will yeah. probably, thankfully, actually, will be at a wedding. Um, so I won't be um, stressed out watching it on the big screen. Um, but if they stop the run, they have a great chance. If they don't stop the run, they're probably going to lose again. Yeah, you got to stop the run. and I And I think the bigger part for me for this game isn't, necessarily a win or a loss obviously they they need to win this game and if they don't the season is is really gonna take a turn but um how's this team respond like we've seen franklin teams in the past if we look at history they don't respond well after the first loss normally and we allow it to snowball and and i don't know if if this locker room will be different um because obviously Franklin hasn't broken the tendency yet of you know keeping his players up. So h- how do they respond? Um, it's the whiteout. The crowd should be – I don't think it's going to be as fired up as it normally is for the whiteout, but I, it's still – you know, it's still 105,000 people screaming and yelling. Um, that, that should help. And how do they respond? Does does the defense come out and play off that energy? Does the offense finally finally look competent? Oh. Um, it's all about a response for me. And if you don't see a response, that that really raises questions about the head coach. What's the score prediction from you, Alex? 
I have no idea. Bro, you think they're going to win? Just you don't think it's going to um, be? I don't think it's going to be high scoring. You know, I, I would. You know, if, I, I think if Penn State can't score twenty eight points against Minnesota, we're in real trouble. So I'm going to say twenty eight fourteen. Okay. I uh, this game is very 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 interesting. Like I said, it's kind of similar to Michigan. Minnesota has two really good running backs, Mo Ibrahim. We all know about him. He comes into the game with 14 straight of over 100 yards. And then Trey Potts is a really, really good running back as well. Um, their tight end, Brevin Spanford, he's he's solid. They got some solid players on defense. Their kicker is pretty accurate this year. This is going to be, like, like TK mentioned, it's going to be a very, very stressful game. I'm really, really concerned with Mo, of course. And, you know, TK, it, it does matter that Tanner Morgan plays. Their backup is not very good. I know, you know, man, I don't know. I, I do think we win the game, but I think it's going to be 24-17, 24-20 kind of game. It, it's going to be tough. We're gonna get some gray hair out of this one. Penn State, Penn State does well to cover the spread. That's what good looks like in this game. Yeah. Which right now, blowing, I don't think any of us out. have us covering. Uh, well, gonna, Alex does. They're not gonna blow them out. So no. You know, I still think I still think the biggest thing to watch for in this game, though, is a response from Penn State. Right? Like how yeah. how do we handle this? We've we've been through tough losses. We've been through embarrassing losses before, and most of the time we don't handle it particularly well. Um, you know, J- James wanted to bring up 2016 a lot today in his, in his press conference. I'm not sure why, but, um, Still nostalgic, but, but yeah, I, I mean that, I guess that's a good example. I mean, be it six years from that and literally the entire staff besides Terry Smith is different and none of those players are around anymore. Um, you know, I guess it works, but, but yeah, I, you need to. I need to see a response from Penn State, a big response. If yeah. if if it's if it if there is no response, then I just can't wait to see his press conference. Oh, it's going to be a shit show for sure. I can't wait. And we, you know, it was funny. Like, you know, on that space yesterday, we we had all the Penn State fans in there, and everybody's talking. It's just so funny to me that. You know, there, there's so many people that feel the same way. They're just so disgusted with what's going on. And then you have this small, small percentage of people that are like, we're five and one. What's everyone concerned about? Like, what do you mean? Why are we concerned? Like, they look terrible. Yeah. Well, the problem is the problem is this. And and I've talked about you know, I've, I've shared it in the group chat and I've talked with you guys about it like after 2018 was over you or maybe even 2019 you probably would have said Penn State was ahead of Michigan right um and and obviously 2020 happens but then 2021 happens and we're gonna find out how this year turns out so I I shouldn't jump to conclusions but you can't say that anymore Michigan Correct. is is ahead of us again. And you could probably argue that 
depending on how the games turn out, Penn State might not be the third best team in this division. Maryland might be. Um, so it's it's very concerning to see the program, what I feel, start to digress in a lot of ways, uh, or not digress, regress in a lot of ways. And that's that's not good. I mean, that's, that's, you know, and, and I keep, and I keep coming back to this and you guys love it. There, there's a, we like to compare Jim and James and there's a big difference between Jim and James. One guy took a pay cut and said, Hey, I'm going to prove this to you. And he did last year, right? He, he gets over the hump. He beats Ohio state. He goes to the playoff. And this year it looks like he has a very good team again. And the other guy, after being four and five and seven and five, says, "Yeah, give me ten, give me a ten-year contract, and also give me a pay raise. Um, oh, and make it fully guaranteed, so you're just screwed for at least four years." Um, <laughs> so it's it's very. I defended James for a long time, and it makes me mad that maybe I didn't see through the bullshit sooner. Um, but the bullshit is becoming clearer and clearer and clearer. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Very much so. TK. I mean, are we all in agreement here that the key to the game is to stop Mo or TK? Do you have another key to the game? Uh, I'd like to see Carter and um, Jacobs on the field at the same time. Yeah, I agree with that completely. That'd be nice. Yeah, that'd be very nice. And I think it's also worth pointing out that all three of us would love to see and think Drew Allar should start Saturday. Yeah, Correct. I, I would love to see that. Just rip the Band-Aid off, man. Just get it over with. Sean, I love you, but come on. It's, Thanks it's, for everything. We'll yeah. see you when you come back to start Penn State's union. Right. Yeah. I mean – it's it's that simple at this point. Something's got to happen. Yep. That's going to do it for another week of the Nittany Pod. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Really appreciate everyone's support. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Nittany Pod. Thanks to TK and Alex for coming on with me. Guys, it's whiteout weekend. Let's lift our heads. Go into the game with a positive attitude. We may see a glimpse into the future. We never know. But be sure to show up, be loud, and wear white. Take care. We are.